Um, okay. Um, I think others will join as we go along. So thank you, uh, Anthony, Tekema, and Patrick for taking our time out of your busy schedule to join. Um, so this is the eighth edition of Have Your Say, uh, where we get to speak out and change the narrative. So the theme of tonight is Black History Month. And so we have in-house an historian, an author, and also a poet as well. And he's also a theater and a, a movie production expert. So I'll get him to introduce himself a little bit more. And uh, his name is Patrick. And so my second guest speaker will come in. I think he's running a little bit late. He would he's going to join us in a few moments. Uh, but so this uh, theme is Black History Month. So where we get to celebrate Black history, Blackness, uh, is mo mostly kind of a Christmas, isn't it? So um, over the past few years, the Black History Month has been celebrated, but this year, I think there's kind of more attention to it because of what's been happening, the Black Lives Matter movement and so on. So also organizations, um, um, uh, institutions have made an effort to celebrate the Black History Month. So there's more focus of the Black History Month this year compared to other years. We're just hoping it continues. So we're celebrating Black greatness, what Black has achieved. If we look at the past, if we look at the present and also the future. So I think most of our organizations have looked at, you know, um, the hierarchy of their organizations and they've looked at the Black race and who have achieved A, B and C. I think during the week I did, I did a, a a video just to talk about this a little bit more. And also I know we as black people, we do have that individual role models that we look up to, right? In, in terms of looking at the legacy of the black, black race, where we've come from, where we are now and the future. So that's the theme of tonight. And also we will be diving into some international affairs as well. So because again, I feel we can't talk about black history without really looking at the race, the roots of the black race, isn't it? So when we talk about the Caribbean, the African continent and so on. So we will look into that and um, with the second guest speaker, we talk about that a little bit later at, uh, at, at the maybe 30 minutes towards the end of the show. But again, we're celebrating blackness. I just feel, I, I don't know, I just feel it's, it's Christmas because again, this is a month which is focused on the black race. And we have in-house with me an historian, a poet, and he's written some a book. He would get, he would, I will show it in a minute. I will, you know, I'll let him, you know, talk a little bit more about himself, about his background. And again, we just fly up with the questions. So the way it's going to go is kind of informal. It's Friday night. It's very informal. And also the way we're, we're live by podcast as well and Facebook. So we, do we have audience who will be asking your questions um, as we go along. So it's kind of, let's be relaxed. It's Friday night, so it's very informal. So over to you, Graham. Um, if you'd like to tell us um, what you do, 
and also tell us about your book and before more about yourself now tell us about what you do your book and then we can you know um get on with the other uh, question over to you graham okay um yeah my name is patrick graham i'm a um, liverpool based um writer poet um i dabble a lot in in um local history as well as world history or black history as as um i can call it but i like to although i'll say it's black history i always like to put the subtitle and remind people it's actually part of world history um and you know for reasons which I can explain later on as the discussion opens up. I am part of a group called Liverpool Black History Research Group, which has been running for um, approximately over 18 months now. And the main focus of that particular group is to look at the links of some of the major institutions in Liverpool, especially the universities and so forth, and their connection with um, the slave trade, the slave economy, and how a lot of the initial funding for these um, institutions came came from the slave economy. So that's that's one thing we're looking into at the moment. And I'm also part of another project which is fairly new called the Return Project, which is basically um, myself and two other local Liverpool people and one guy who previously was Liverpool based, but he's now based in Rwanda. And the intention is to bring over five young, young guys, five young women to Rwanda for a cultural experience, um, like cultural holiday, if you want to call it that, where they will explore, you know, Rwandan life and, and look at um, different aspects of the culture there. And, and um, basically their first connection with, with, with the motherland. So that's a project which we hope to get off the ground sometime next year. And with all with what's going on with COVID though, that could that could well be delayed further. But um, yeah, I am a writer. I, I've written, I've been writing poetry and short stories and plays, community theatre stuff for a number of years now, but I've never really looked into publishing. So I've actually wrote my first short story and had it published, self-published via Amazon. Um, it's called The Three Little Jamaicans English Adventure, and that's, that's available by, uh, from Amazon Books. And uh, for those who are Liverpool-based, there's a bookshop called Use From Nowhere on, on Ball Street in the city centre, Liverpool One, excuse me, who also stock some books. But I'll, I'll leave that there for now, because um, if you allow me to talk, I'll talk on and on, and no one else will get, get to say much. So um, we'll, we'll get to the questions, and I can explain a little bit more detail of some of the things I've touched on. Okay, all right then. Uh, uh, Kate, thanks for uh, uh, tuning in. And we've just started anyway. Um, and we're introducing, I think Patrick was just talking about what he does okay. as well. So my name Thank is you. Kate. <laughs> Thank you, Nish, for tuning in as Hi. well. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi, okay. So um, Patrick is just the guest speaker tonight and he's just, you know, introducing himself. So, um, so I think the question is, um, just the question, 
in your own understanding, right? What is the Black History Month and why is this so important? That's a question for you, Patrick. Yeah. Um, well, for me, Black History Month is, it's important for a number of reasons. Like, first of all, like I'm somebody who's always in Liverpool tried to advocate that um, Black History is all year round and it's not just a month. And I try to promote different things in relation to Black History all year round. And I believe that celebrations should take place in October as a culmination of maybe a year long of activities and events. And um, why it's important is simply, well, there's a number of reasons, like although I'll use the term Black History, anytime I have the opportunity to do a workshop with school children, I'll always ask them, why is it called Black History? You know, and, um, or tell me something about Black History and what you seem to find um, is most school children seem to associate black history with predominantly the slave trade and the slave, anything to do with slavery. And when you pose a question of um, what can, can you tell me about black history before the slave trade, one week, one year, a thousand years, then they seem quite um, perplexed and they're unable to answer that. So for me, black history is world history, it's part of world history, it's the contributions of the African continent and the diaspora of black people to world history. And that takes in just about everything from science, medicine, um, writing, astrology, all these different things, the arts, that is all black history stroke, actually world history, because like when I call myself a writer, a lot of people will put you into that pigeonhole of a black writer. And I say, well, no, because what I find is you, the terminology is very powerful. And mm. um, because of who actually runs the world in that sense, we, we, we've got like a Eurocentric, white Eurocentric mindset that's, that's running the major institutions of the world. Mm. And what people tend to call mainstream and to me, mainstream basically means a higher level, better, more advanced. And then when you call someone a black writer, a black artist, a black actor, a black historian, that puts it on a level lower than the mainstream, which is doing ourselves a disservice, really, because we are not on any lower level by any stretch of the imagination, because black history is just important as every history. And... It's important on a number of reasons because it's been appropriated, it's been denied, it's been lied and, and, and so forth and ignored. Um, you know, history will try to write, Eurocentric history will try to tell you that Africa has no proper written history or it has no this history, or it has no that, when it, the reality of it is it goes back many thousands of years. And although there is a tradition of oral history within Africa, there's a tradition of oral history the world over, because every culture, history begins with oral history, whether it be European, Asian, Africa, and then at some stage it gets written down. So it's a, it's a fallacy just to, for people to say, oh, Africa has no history, when there's clear writing systems that date back thousands of years, and it has a rich, vibrant history, which is not just 
you know, it's important to learn about slavery and the things of that, but it's not just from a youngster's point of view, even from an adult's point of view, it's quite demoralizing in some ways, just learning about that and that only, and, and not touching on, you know, um, the other aspects, because even when people are taught in school about even Roman history and so forth, it's not called white history, it's just called looking after Romans, and even when they looked at the Romans and so forth, there could be a lot of black characters that they explore, and look yeah. at from them time periods and, yeah. and Roman and Greek history, which is revered in, 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 in the Western world, you know, they actually um, hold Africans in great reverence mm. in their own writings and so forth. So these mm. are a lot of things that aren't taught. And it, it, it's obviously, it's something that's definitely needed for us black people ourselves to, to, to gain confidence, self-esteem, to, to show that we have a, an equal footing and belonging in the world stage in history, and also to, to, um, to counter what I see as the delusion of white supremacy, because that's what it is. It's actually a delusion to, 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 you know, to fabricate lies about black history to then put themselves up on a this supremacy mm -hmm. um, pedestal, because to me, I see supremacy as when I have a child, my son, as he's growing up, I mm. see myself as superior to him in mm. knowledge and experience. And mm. in order to use that supremacy in the correct and, and positive way, I endeavor to make him to become more knowledgeable and experienced than me. So yeah. To me, that is the true meaning of supremacy, not to, mm. to look down on somebody, but to lift them up and for mm. them to be better than you yourself. Yeah. So, um, I'll leave that there for now and let somebody else maybe come in and, you know, we can touch back on that at yeah. a later stage, okay. yeah? Okay. Um, I'll leave that. I don't know if anyone wants to comment on what Patrick has just said. I think what he's saying, that like, there's a lot, you know, to, there's more richness to to Black history. It's not just to slavery, isn't it? There's more to it. There's this, oh, yeah. you know, well, definitely, because slavery, slavery lasted at the most, say, 400 years, yeah. where black yeah. history, as, as black history stroke world history, dates back thousands and thousands of years. Mm -hmm. So it's actually only a small time frame on, on the clock of history to slavery, yeah. whereas the, the, the richness of black history goes back. And if you look in European and um, um, the Eurocentric museums around the world, they're absolutely riddled with black history and black artifacts. You know the full of them, and 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 um, which have been taken over over the years and, mm. and are on display. Yeah, mm, yeah. So, any comment from anyone? Um, uh, I wanted to say, like, for me, I feel I believe that Black history is the world history, mm. is the global history, because, like, I I seen a quote. He said, "Every time you dig a hole, is always full of." blackness whereas um everywhere where you go wherever you go you go to asia south america north america africa europe you'll always find us we always been there so for me he black history is the word history is um it's not only for us black people because it's for every single human being in the universe because they came from us. We mm. are the the people that made them, you know? Mm. Um, and also is the fact that we, for example, like like uh, Mr. Patrick said, like the fact that 
Black history didn't start in slavery. Mm-hmm. It's just destruction, you know. Yeah. I I believe it's a destruction uh, to erase our history to make us the weakest. So mm-hmm. I believe Black history is it happened more than you know more than how can I say? It's older than the Bible, as we know. It's older than the Quran. I'm not against. I'm sorry for those who are Christian and Muslim, but it's older than that. So, Black history is us Black people. It's also other people to learn because we are the mothers, we are the fathers, we are the sisters, we are the brother of this universe. Without us, there wouldn't be any race. So they came from us. That's why they call it Mother Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, that's a good one, Inish. Um, any other comment before we move to the next one? Uh, I just wanted to chip in that. Mm-hmm. I feel, you know, Africa or the Black race, you know, is a very strong race, very domineering because like the last speaker said, you know, you find Black people all over the world. With my experience traveling around the world, I, I, I found out that, you know, there are more Caucasians really in the world. If you watch the global map, you see there are more Caucasians than Blacks all around the world. But even at that, you know, you see Blacks, you know, aspiring in different, you know, fields like sports, music, you know, education and all that. So Black heritage is very strong you know in my own opinion so even no matter how much you know the white tries to you know suppress the black race you know it might be very difficult to say you know you know because Mm -hmm. it's just like uh, um what i might will always find this level Mm -hmm. you know with all the operations in uh, and uh, uh, you know intimidations on blacks but you see so many of them still aspire you know, and get, attend very great heights. So yeah. Yeah. black heritage is very strong, you know. Yeah, yeah. And sorry, yeah. I just wanted to add something as well. Yeah. Is also the fact that um, I've learned it when I was in kind of, I didn't really learn it because, you know, they don't want to say the truth because they know um, we are the truth. We are the, we are the mothers. And that's why we also have like um, the Eve, you know, the Eve in the Bible, the Adams, yes. it's us. Even yes. the, story, the story in the Bible, they're describing your ancestors. Yeah. So, yeah. and like you said, you go to India, you find us, we are there, the Moors, the Moors in Europe that they build the castles, they yeah. taught them. Yeah. So yeah, that's Black History Month. Black History is not only our history is the universe because we are the creator that's why they say the black woman is the god so yeah yeah thank you thank you Inish I think yes so to be fair I I must confess I'll raise up my hand because again when I think about this black history my mind is just zeroed on the slavery you know the how we fought the slavery act and how we became who we are today, but you know, talking about it now, there's a lot of richness, isn't it? Going back to the history is more is that slavery is just a minute 
right? It's just like a minute entity about, you know, the Black history. And as you said, um, Kay and Inish, um, so concluding to what Patrick has said, that Blackness is richness, isn't it? It's all of, we're all over the world. Every country you find a Black person, a Black identity, that race is there. It can't be erased, right? We're here, we can't, we can't be erased. So that's fine. So Tex and Anthony, if, if you don't have any, do you have anything to add before we move on to the next question? Oh, um, okay, please. Um, my little contribution to the, um, to the Black history, I'll actually say that the Black history goes, according to Patrick, goes beyond the slave trade. Mm. And um, and it goes beyond the human um, contributions. It's even up to now where I can actually tell you that at least 70%, if I'm not lying, around 60% of the world contributions in the areas of diamond, platinum, whatever, is still coming from Africa and is still part of the black history. Mm -hmm. uh, so it has to do with a lot of contributions that the world is gaining from Africa, even in our human resources. Mm -hmm. So black is great and uh, we should acknowledge that in as much as there is a political undertone trying to undermine the blackness, but black is great. Mm -hmm. um, according to history, According to contributions, even in science, I concur with Patrick, even science in medicine and all those things, but they will not tell us. Mm. But because that we are able to read and understand who we are, I so much appreciate it. Uh, because there's always a starting point in life, uh, which um, we bring, we make every African who um, come together to understand who they are, they are they, so that they will be able to uh, um, to fight against any kind of um, belittling or by the what we call the world supremacy because they just belittling the African people, belittling black, telling us that we are nobody in as much as we have actually given all we have, even up to today. Yeah. So it's, it's a very good thing that this kind of thing is coming up to educate our people the importance of Black, who we are, uh, more especially African. And you know, no matter what happened, or no matter what is going to happen, because um, at times they're trying to bring this issue of divide and rule, that this person is a Jamaican, it's not African and all those things. And they're trying to bring in the hatred again mm -hmm. to bring the separation. So we should actually come to understand that all those things is just to limit us, not to bring us as one entity. Mm -hmm. So black is the true being. Mm -hmm. Yet I see ourselves as a true being, mm -hmm. no matter anything. Mm -hmm. Because um I'm a Nigerian. Say, I'm a Nigerian and I'm, I'm part of the Igbo. I was meant to understand that even before the British came to Nigeria, the Igbo people have started practicing democracy. Mm -hmm. 
because they have the chiefs and the cabinet. So the chief cannot take a decision without listening to the cabinet. So mm. when the British people came down to Igbo land, they saw that these people practice democracy. So mm. already, uh, who taught them that? Mm. Uh, who taught them in that, that, that system of ruling? So is there already with them? Mm. You get what I'm saying? So that's a lot to know about black people. I like that. Um, I think it's, it's, it's a very good time to change the narrative because um, yeah. you hear about black history and, and people think about, about it from the point of slavery, but it goes far, far, far beyond that, right? And really, it's the narrative to the point where we, we start to associate um, black history as the um, the world's history, actually, if you think about it in different respects. And um, so there's a lot of history that's, that's not actually recorded that, that we need to um, review and, and, and on earth. And if you go back to ancient Egypt um, and you go back to ancient civilizations in Zimbabwe or down, down to South Africa, or even in, even in places like in Nigeria, there's a lot of that history that's, that's not being, being talked about. So that's that, and that history it is the world history. That's how that's what's led to, to the um to where we are today. And and, and if we lose that, not not just Africa, black people, um losing that that touch with with our old reality, it's the world in that information. So um we, we can, with the world as a whole, can better um, position itself and predict the future, if we're able to to look back in in history to see our past. And if we lose that history of the world together, uh, which which of which is black, then I think there's a part of us as, as, as a group collective that we are we are losing and, and, and missing. So mm -hmm. I think it's very important to to start to change the narrative um, mm -hmm. from, from black history being about the point of yeah. slavery or the more recent times to actually think about think about it as a world's history mm -hmm. and how it helped civilization as 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 it is today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you, Tecma. So we should think about that changing narrative. Instead of saying a black history, black history, no, no, it's more like a world history, isn't it? The history of the world. Let's take that blackness out of it. That's 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 really good. Okay. So next question, Patrick. Um, I think. Uh, uh, so do you have any iconic black person as as a role model? Um, looking at the past history, present, anyone that you 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 will reckon with? There's, there's several people who could uh, fit that bill over, over the course of of, of 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 time. You know what I mean? You know, just to name, you know, um, popular iconic figures like uh, Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali, Mandela. You know, but one of the people who stand out for me is basically um, the first history book that I read proper was by a man called Ivan Van Sertima. Mm -hmm. um, uh, um, Guyanese Heritage. And the first book I wrote, I mean, wrote the first book of his that I read was called Blacks in Science, Ancient and Modern. I think I was about 16 or 17 when I first read that book and it really opened up my eyes to a world of 
of of um of world history, black history, mm. and things that have been totally concealed, not spoken about, mm. even made you because of your upbringing and your miseducation, it even made you have doubts when you was reading them things to say, wow, this can't be true. You know, I've never heard of this before. But mm. the more it, it wasn't just what he told you, it was the way he explained it in his writing. You know, I mean, he, he was a brilliant, um, he was a brilliant writer, the way he explained it and, and talked about that. We're just touching on the periphery um, of, of what is black history, just like he used the example of, of an iceberg, no matter how big an iceberg looks, what is actually hidden from sight under the water is even greater again. And that's how he, he, he enlightened me and brought me into black history studies to show you, you know, just that little bit of knowledge that you gain. And even though it seems vast and big, what's mm -hmm. hidden and what's underneath is even bigger and greater. Yeah. So, you know, that's someone who I've always, well, I will always mention when I'm talking about black history. You know, there's many other scholars who, who have come and gone, you know, before him, you know what I mean? Like Cheek Anti Diop and people like that, John Hendrick Clark, um, ben Joe you know, Jackman and so forth, you know, but him, because it was the first book that I'd read, and I've read, I think, five of, about four or five of his different books, you know, Black Presence in, in Europe, um, they came before Columbus, yeah. uh, the African Presence in America and so forth, you know, so um, to me, that, that's a good role model, although I wouldn't say he's the number one, but that's the one I'll always look to because it was the first history book that I'd read. Okay. Back to the 80s. Okay. Thanks, Lucy, for joining me. And we'll just move. Hello, quickly. hello, everyone. Sorry, I'm <laughs> late. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so, I think, again, uh, to you, Patrick, so why is this Black history so important for, for kids to know? So, this new generation, not the older generation, why is this so important for them to know um, their history? And also, within the, you know, the, in the modern society, why? Why is it so important they know the history and how do you think they can begin to get that? Well, it's important for a number of reasons. It, it builds self-confidence, yeah. self-esteem. Mm -hmm. um, it breaks down barriers because um, not only, you know, because as I say, you've got not, not just children, you've got adults because what, what you find a problem is, is you've got adults who are parents who are not, who have no knowledge of, of their own history and culture. So they're unable to, um, to pass that on to the children. And everybody can't be a historian and can't be an expert, but what we need to instill is at least um, instill in adults to give children that aspiration to learn that themselves. So, so even if you're not capable of learning it yourself, you still should be able to um, stress the importance of education. Mm. And, and, and knowledge to your children, because knowledge is power, knowledge is freedom, yeah? And mm. um, that's why it's been withheld from us for so long. During slavery, it was a systematic, scientific destruction of our knowledge base, mm. and, our, and, and, you know, to the point where if you were caught reading or writing, you could be beaten to death or could be killed, you know, mm. slave masters, even if, 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 in a lot of the cases, it was, the, it was a lot of the women of, of the slave masters were teaching slaves how to read and write. And some of them were that extreme. They would even murder their own wives if they caught them teaching slaves. That's how mm -hmm. much they feared knowledge because knowledge is power, you know. Mm -hmm. um, 
I say knowledge is freedom because an, an educated man is not fit to be a slave, which is, you know, um, a paraphrase of, of, of what Frederick Douglass said, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, someone who's educated is not fit to be a slave. So um, it, it, it's a really powerful thing. It breaks down barriers. It stops the delusion of white supremacy because you, you've got, it's on many levels. So you've got the white supremacist who's basically as thick as two planks, yeah? Who doesn't know anything, is just ignorant and will just listen and follow like a sheep, yeah? Mm -hmm. So they're, they're quite dangerous because, they, you know, they, they've, they've got no real understanding of anything. They need knowledge. But then you also have the arrogant ones because there's ignorance and there's arrogance. Ignorance is, you know, a child is ignorant of knowledge. A lot of adults are ignorant, but many are actually arrogant where they're, they're aware because you've got people in educational institutions who are well aware of black history and its contributions to world history. It's it's rightful part of world history and um, the origins of a lot of things from medicine to astrology to sciences to arts, a lot of these things and um, the forerunners were in, 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 you know, in one of the most enlightened um, black nations going back in history, Egypt, mm -hmm. where a lot of vast knowledge came from there. You know, mm -hmm. you, you, you have people who were seen as the father of mathematics, the Greek Pythagoras, when mm -hmm. it's not true at all, because all these people, Pythagoras, Socrates, Plato, all of these people and many more, it, you can watch a programs on them and they'll fail to mention that these people all studied in Egypt mm -hmm. for many, many years. You know, they studied, you know, Socrates is seen as the father of, of, of democracy and so forth, when actually he was opposed to Greek democracy in its current form back then. And he was executed because of his opposition to it. You know what I mean? He was made to drink hemlock. So, you know, all these these misrepresentations of history that, that they give us when these people were hold the Egyptians and and North Africans, Ethiopians, because it's all the same type of connection. Because when they say people migrated down or up the Nile, depending on what your perspective is, yeah. um, that's where they come from, them regions, Ethiopia, Sudan, Uganda, them regions. And, and everybody doesn't migrate in, in, in any history. If you have, let's just say, for example, you have a million people living somewhere. The whole million people don't move lock, stock, and battle, just a small proportion of them. So they were taking knowledge that they already had with them and yeah. advanced on that knowledge and built up, you know, one of the greatest civilizations, if not the greatest civilization that, that the world has seen, with a, with a lot of that medical, scientific, artistic, archaeological um, um, building type of knowledge that, that came with it, you know, to create structures that, you know, deceive modern understanding as to how, how they were made so it's really important to break down them barriers for everybody to know world history you know you can't learn everything but if you learn things in you know proportion proportionate to what's going on it will stop that myth of the stereotypes of africa contributed nothing it was the dark yeah. continent it's full of savages and this yeah. and that when history shows us the savagery was actually imposed on us because Africa, you know, Africa is full of many cultures, tribes, different people, and they only became black as a construct to justify slavery. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that was, you know, the term black and racism is, yeah. is a fairly modern construct, which yeah. 
came after slavery to justify its existence and to, and to keep it on and to justify going into Africa and colonizing it once they stopped selling of, of slaves in their in, in, in the form that they were doing for, for you know yeah. from throughout the 15 okay. 1600s and so on. I'm really conscious of time. I think we'll talk more about the Africa a little bit more. And I'd say, so I think the, the trending is going on now. So I think the next question, you know, during the Black Lives Matter movement, there was this uh, uh, thing on the media that the government was going to uh, make sure, come up with a policy that Black history, months, Black history should be taught in schools more, right? not just only uh, within the Black History Month, it shouldn't just be in October, it should be thought months, you know, you know, it should be part of the curriculum. So I don't know, so what do you think? Do you think the government has made any progress since then? Well, just over a month ago, about two months ago, the government actually responded to um, an online petition that was mm -hmm. made in relation to teaching of Black History and what they basically done um, just to, to shorten, to try and keep this brief, what they basically done is, is actually said, well, they're not going to increase it because schools already have the scope to, to teach black history themselves. And that they basically, the fact that it's not being taught is the schools that are failing in, in doing that, which is, which is a cop out really, because what they're basically saying is that although they have a national curriculum and it's got certain parameters that within that there's flexibility for schools to be able to take on and teach black history themselves which even if that's true on paper in practice and in reality when teachers are doing their pgcs and and learning to be, do the teacher training courses the knowledge of black history that they need to take into schools and then to teach is not taught to them so how else are they supposed to learn that so the really it's a it's a cop out like everything the government does. They, they play with words and and, and mm -hmm. so forth because you've had mm -hmm. Boris Johnson make clear statements about we should be proud of our history. We should be proud of this. And when he says we, he's talking about the history of colonialism. And mm -hmm. anybody who's proud of that is clearly saying that they wish it was like that again. Because mm -hmm. when they say make Britain great again, even mm -hmm. even to a lot of poor white people, they were downtrodden, they were working in the warehouses, the workhouses, their children were being sent up chimneys to clean and so on. So people are under this illusion that they're mm -hmm. going to benefit from this share of vast wealth. When, when Britain was this Great Britain, so to speak, it mm -hmm. was, you know, it was a brutal regime that existed, which blacks were at the very bottom of that ladder, but even whites were, were, were being downtrodden. So people are really deluded to think that they're going to share in these vast wealths. So um, it, it, it's a mindset and there's a clear, especially from this particular government, there's a clear um, strategy and, and, and a resistance to teaching already. We've had MPs come out saying that they're going to refuse um, unconscious bias training and so forth because, you know, they don't need it and so on and so on, which is basically saying, you know, um, as an employer, if, if, if I'm an employer and I say, for you to best carry out your job, you need this training. You should not be in a position to refuse that training. That's gross misconduct because mm -hmm. it's not unreasonable training, but yet still these will do it and they will get away with it because 
riddled throughout the system and society these things so it's it all starts with education and a lot of it we have to take on that ourselves because when you have a racist they're not going to teach you when you have an oppressor an oppressor will not equip you with the education to to challenge and overthrow them so you have to equip yourself with that knowledge and information so it, it all starts with us and and that way it has to spread where if you gain allies within the white community you know, when there are out there who are willing to learn and, and are open to, to a fair education system, that, that's all good for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Lucy, Inesh, any comments on that? Um, any comments um, before we move on? Um, I wanted to make comment, but I want to let the other person to speak first because I spoke already. Okay. Lucy? Yeah. No? We can't hear him. Okay. Do you want to do you want to carry on? Carry on English. Um, okay. Uh one thing I wanted to say is the fact that um the comment that Mr. Patrick made about history history and stuff. I believe that like I said before. Our history is not only our history, it's the world history. So the most important thing that we Black people from the cross, from walk of life, I'll say, especially in England, I grew, I grew up a little bit, I grew up here as well. I attended my school. I finished all my schools here and stuff. So I believe that before we go outside and teach those people, those ignorant people about, I'm sorry the way I put it, but those ignorant people about our history, I feel like the most important thing that we have to do as black people, as parents, as, you know, as people, as black people in the community, we have to teach our children first because mm -hmm. they are our keys. They are our, you know, they, they are the most important people that we need to teach that, because like like Mr. Patrick said, uh, knowledge is power. Without yeah. knowledge, there's no power. Without power, there's, there's no knowledge. I don't care as, as much money you can have. If you don't have that knowledge, you won't be able to go forward. So we need to teach young people. And some I know that we have ignorant people in our community, but they always say, there's a quote that they say, when you teach a child, you teach generation. When you teach a young a elderly person you're just teaching one person so I believe that we need to start teaching the kids the kids are the most important the young generation our, our generation they need to learn what they are because so many black people they love teaching about oh the bible the bible said this the Quran said this but they don't and most of them most of those kids are running are walking dead walking dead like I can say like they don't know anything about the history. They don't even know where they come from. They don't know, they don't know who they are. I believe before teaching the Bible and stuff and Quran, you need to teach your kids where they come from because this world is cruel. Because when they go to the real world, they will suffer. Mm -hmm. So that's all I wanted to say. Mm -hmm. That's a good point, That's a good point that we should start to teach. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes, you can. Sorry, so Hello. Um, I didn't. I didn't want to. Um, can I interject? Um, going on what Ines had said, and, and a lot of um, Patrick, um, what Mr. Patrick has said. Apologies, I joined in a bit late. I, I agree completely. 
um, it's important that we get from the home because they say charity begins at home. We need to teach the children. We need to teach the younger generation. And when we talk about black history, I don't, so many children, you can't ask them, okay, how many countries are there in the Caribbean? They can't name them. How many countries are there in Africa? They can't name them. Do you know the president of Barbados? No. So you see, we have to start from home to start to make sure we get them aware, give them an awareness. And then also like Mr. Patrick, I saw, I picked up uh, just the later part of what you were saying about the history of Egypt, um, contribution of black people from in America. There's so much, even I only found out in the last year or two that the first street lights came from Africa and they came from the kingdom of Benin. Mm, there were mm. first street lights, as in when the um, Portuguese went to Africa and they went to Benin, which is now in modern day Nigeria, that kingdom, they found the first street lights which ran on palm oil. There were no street lights in Europe at the time. I only found that out recently. And I thought, oh my God, this is something I should have known as a child. And be so proud of that. It was in Africa, the street lights came up. Now mm. you go to Africa, they don't even have lights on the street. Meanwhile, mm. they were the ones that started it. They've forgotten all these things. They were mm. innovative. And mm. then the longest wall, we keep talking about the Great Wall of China. The longest wall in the world is in the kingdom of Benin. And guess who destroyed it? The British. I know, I know. And they've never paid compensation for it. Yeah. They destroyed it. And it was the greatest wall. Still, the foundations are bigger than the Great Wall of China. But nobody talks about the Great Wall of Benin. Mm. So these are things that I found out later on. And I'm trying to make sure I start getting the younger generations to now begin to know that we were great builders, like Mr. Patrick has said. We were great innovators. The arts, all of those, music, and still, I, I only recently, not too long ago, found out that you know, in Latin, they have a saying, I can't say it exactly, but it translates that there's always something new in Africa. And that was what the Romans had as one of their sayings. Imagine mm -hmm. in Roman times, they mm -hmm. had it that there's always something new in Africa, as in because it's always innovation. And mm -hmm. we don't even know that saying. Yeah. Because we should be proud of the fact that we have so much innovation that even as far back as the Roman times, they had it in their saying that if you want to find out new things, go to Africa. But yes, now we Africans are coming here. Yeah, I know. So, so yes, Mr. Patrick, this, so we have to, and we can't depend on others to educate our children. Like Ines said, we have to do the education and we have to now begin to make ourselves more aware, find things out and mm -hmm. make sure we, we get it to the next generation so they can have pride in being um, of, uh, of, of, from the great continent. Yeah. Thanks, Lucy. Thank, thank you. Um, I think, um, yes. So you, I think you touched on what we, the next thing on the agenda tonight, because it's a bit kind of different. Um, so Mr. Patrick, I was just saying quickly, what advice do you have, right, for the young adults, right? How should they begin to embrace their history? And what other insight do they need to get from their past to be able to affect their present? Sorry, I was still on mute. Yeah, basically, um, again, young adults need to 
try to engage where they, they see sources of, of, of this history being taught. But obviously, when they're younger, um, they need to be encouraged by adults. You know, so uh, as Lucy said, uh, as Ennis has said, that this has to start at home. It's got mm -hmm. to start in the parents, you know, and start from a very young age. So mm -hmm. it needs to start from just the simple little things, like when, when people are buying even the children certain type of toys and dolls to, to mm -hmm. be able to, to buy a black doll for the child, you know, so they're not assuming a black doll is horrible. There's been many of, of, of studies and experiments, psychology, where, you know, little black children have said, pointed at a black doll and said, that's bad and the white doll is good, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And took them on. That's been done over many years on many different scales because mm -hmm. it, it, it's, it's a subconscious stereotype thing that, that is instilled mm -hmm. into children. And then mm -hmm. the problem that we have as well, if you try and buy a black doll for a young child, it costs a fortune. It absolutely mm -hmm. costs a fortune in comparison to the equivalent white doll. So, you know, there's all these little things like that, but it, it has to come from the adults to instill. Because when somebody is five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, they, they can only be always encouraged and influenced by adults. You know, you're not going to get a five, six year old other than, you know, you, you're one in 10, 20 million genius who, who, who just is all knowledgeable. They have to be encouraged. So, what we find in the black community is too many people are, um, are, are vying for that for that um, that sports release out of the ghetto, so to speak, to become the next great footballer, the next great basketball player, the next great boxer. And what we should be doing is what I always used to teach, tell my son is that yeah, you can be a great sports person, but at the end of the day. Um, I, I used to say, you know, look at one of the guys who they say is one of the most intelligent people on earth. He can't walk, he can't talk, he's in a wheelchair, so the power is in your brain, you know, mm -hmm. because unless you're going to be the next Pele, if you break your leg as a footballer, then that's your, your career finished. So you mm -hmm. need to be able to use your mind mm -hmm. to be able to fear that. Look at mental health, not just, mm -hmm. among, you know, amongst all footballers, black and white, when they retire, it's, a, it's, a, it's got a, a, a certain limit. You know, when they retire in the 30s, that goes for basketballers as well, with all this mega money and they've got no real education. A lot of them just implode and end up with severe mental health problems, suicidal. The suicide rate is massive for the ones who failed as well on that ladder. So as black people, we have to stop pushing our children only on this sports tip. We have to push them on an education thing and leave sports as a bonus. Yeah. Leave sports as a bonus, yeah. you know, but not have that at the forefront because that seems to um, to be to take up too far too much time. There's a lot of initiatives in the communities to play football, to do boxing, to do this, and that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with them things, but there also should be equal, if not more, emphasis put into educational study, after school clubs. And, and then use these things as a bonus, as a reward system mm. to, for taking part in a black study class or a, mm. a homework group or so forth, rather than, you know, you, you're looking for, in some cases, a, 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 an easy meal ticket by my... And it, as um, I think that I've seen a speech by, um, I think, Lewis Farrakhan, where he, he put it into perspective. He was basically saying, you know, You've got one million black people chasing um, potentially seven jobs in the NBA mm -hmm. national, yeah, 
and out of them seven jobs, maybe four of them will get regular starts with a career that lasts maybe four or five years. So mm -hmm. that's an unrealistic mm -hmm. um, aspiration from yeah. one million people that only seven years may be going to make it out yeah. of every one, you know, so you need to have more re realistic aspirations. And, and, and that's basically what we've got to do. But as adults, as parents, you know, the village raises the child. So it's not just about my child. It's about your child. It's about his child. It's about her child. It's about all the children. We need to all, you know, be pulling and, 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 and try and give ourselves that base and, and to, to, um, to, to, to inspire, to, to learn. Thanks for that, Patrick. Thank you. So uh, thank you so much as well. And so we, this is, we're moving to the second segment. Um, so we are kind of focusing on Africa today because we can't really talk about black history without focusing on the roots as well. And so all this, other other episodes, we would touch on the Caribbean and Jamaican as well. But tonight, I just think we should focus on Africa, right? So I, my guest speakers, uh, Anthony, everyone would chip in. So again, again, we uh, this month is October, isn't it? So this is a Black History Month. So I think the message now from this from this talk is to change that uh, Black, use change it because it's more, more like a world history, isn't it? That Black should be removed. It's more of history of the world, right? So now we, we, we've talked about that. Again, we want to focus on, on Africa because within this month as well, we had two countries in Africa which had their independence. So Uganda um, had their 58 independence as well. And also um, Nigeria had their 60th independence. So um, there, I think, um, I know uh, this is not your your remit, Mr. Patrick, but that's fine. You can, you know, chip in. But again, it's just, again, I want the Africans in the room to really chip on this because, again, this is, you know, a trending uh, issue, okay? So um, I think I have some slides to show quickly and then just give us a vi visual uh, uh, representation of what I am saying and then we can, you know, take it, have that dialogue. So within this month of October, uh, we're celebrating the Black History Month. Also, Uganda had their 58 years uh, independence. And again, this is an article from a newspaper. I just took that from Google, and you can see the source down there. So you can see uh, within the you know the world leaders are congratulating the Africa, uh, the Uganda government to say, okay, uh, we're done on your independence as well, maybe based on what the track record as well. And also we had uh, uh, Donald Trump saying congratulations as well. So I think if, I, if I've got my glasses right, yeah, congratulating the, the independent, congratulating the Uganda president for their 58 um, independence. So within that month as well, I think on the 1st of October, uh, the Nigeria had their independence. And also again, um, I think the tabloid that came out instead of you know uh, just comparing and contrasting, you know, it's all compared uh, uh, that news of okay, um, congratulations for your 60 years of independence and track record of you know um, progress of any sort because again that alluded to what um, 
Lucy just you know spoke on a brief briefly and uh, we've you know invented this uh, things in the past so first uh, light inversion actually came from Africa so again we should have you know seen that track record of progression over many years but again I think the tabloid is you know corruption poverty and unrest right so why I'm going to again is is to just to focus again on 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 these countries and also the trending uh, uh, thing that's been ongoing, which is the NSAS thing. And also that again, takes me to the, my next slide. So again, the reason why we're having, there's more attention on the, you know, Black History Month again, is again, because of the social issues of the US. So this is, you can see the picture here. If you see the slide, you can see the, the protest, right? So again, this is a protest relating to equality, right? So this is the way we want equalness in everything. We want the system, systemic barriers to be broken as well. And again, you can see, um, I think, I don't know if you can see the slide very well. Can you see the slide? No, I should do. Yeah, yeah. So you can see uh, the history of how the uh, taking new came so you can see i don't know if you can see that you can see the martin luther king picture of how they took a kneel during their their times trying to fight the you know fight uh, fight that liberty of equality and again just again contrasting that to what happened again with the black lives matter movement anyway i'm not going there tonight because that's been on the news so again this was a protest that was carried out by so many so many uh, youngsters within different continents. So uh, just to fight against that equality, isn't it? To make sure that that equality is being heard. So again, this is what to be on. So this game, this the Nigeria, after having independence for over 60 years, you can see the youth now. Um, I think that there was a situation of the NSAS protest you can see the 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 youths coming out to protest to take a new and so that was similar to the black lives matter movement so this young lady here she's she's the fourth runner i can't i think her name is aisha and so she's the one taking the lead on this you know protesting protesting so this is kind of NSARS. NSARS is one of as you know it's been on the news for a long time and and also that happened again that's the london picture so again, you can see the youths coming out to protest, mm -hmm. protest about, you know, NSAS thing, NSAS. And so that's again, tied into the long fight of um, corrupt, I don't want to say corruption, uh, to the long fight of, you know, greed and corruption on, okay, the older generation, not really knowing how to rule the country, but not having, Giving that um, that uh, opportunity for the for the for the for the younger gen not younger generation. Let me use that word younger generation or the elite or the intelligent people to kind of you know gear the country to the direction of where we 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 can eradicate poverty, corruption, and so on. So it's 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 this is again up for everyone, Anthony and Kay. 
uh, and uh, Lucy as well, I want to hear your take on this, comparing what's been happening now in Nigeria to what's been happened to what happened during the Black Lives Matter movement. And where do you see? Where, what do you see from here? Is there any hope? Is there any uh, any any chance that you know this would prevail? Right, knowing what the what pro, uh, how protest happens in the civilized world and also in the African continent. So over to you. Over to you, um, Anthony. Do you want to start? Okay. Uh, let me just come in here. Um... Uh, coming to what is happening in Nigeria, if okay, let me start with the independence in Uganda, uh, the caption and the independence in Nigeria. Uh, we, we can see on the on the media, <clears throat> we had the Chinese president congratulating Uganda maybe for their progress, what they have done, uh, even with Donald Trump. Okay, that the, the, they have the reason of doing that in Nigeria. The, the caption is started from uh, poverty, corruption, poverty, and all those things. Uh, which I believe that um, is totally um, an issue in Nigeria because um, Nigeria as a country uh, should be should have, where they are now. They're not supposed to be where they are now. They should have gone far, uh, according to coming to down in uh, before the uh, the civil war, uh, before even the second world war. Um, the progress of Nigeria when China, India, Nigeria, China, India, um, they were in the same platform and they saw Nigeria then as a country that is going to be one of the greatest um, country in Africa based on what they have, the, the resources, both natural and human resources. But unfortunately, um, nothing happened in Nigeria as of then. Where they are sending their people to UK to, to study abroad, they have like whereby a dollar is like uh, um, uh, uh, seventy. Uh, that that is one naira is uh, is more than a dollar. One naira is equal to a pound. Okay, but now is the rise the case. So our founding fathers, their their aims have been totally um, not met by now because mm -hmm. what actually happened now is i always say it still goes down to colonial era of divine rule if you come to the end south now where people where some areas in the nigeria the south the southwest the southeast the south south are saying the end south, the people in the north are saying no to end south. It, um that will actually give you a caption of what is happening in nigeria there is this area issue of I am in, um, we are the Nigerians, we are the one who control Nigeria, we, you people are not, because there's no one voice in Nigeria. And that one voice that, that is not in Nigeria is, is a seed planted by the colonial master mm. in, in, in a way to continue getting the dividends in, in Africa and even in Nigeria. Mm. Because they know if they will move a seat of power to the southwest or southeast or whatever, their dividend might be actually shortened because all those things is still be an agreement between the Korean master 
and 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 the northern people for nigeria in a case you can hear ahmad bello who was saying before you give a job to um, to an Igbo man or to any other person first of all give an answer man so if you don't find an answer man give an, an, an expert rate if he, if there's no expert rate then you cannot give to other people so mm -hmm. if such a person have that kind of mentality that kind of ideology so how do you think that a country in that uh, a country like Nigeria will progress with that kind of people or have that having that kind of ideology? Mm -hmm. And that kind of ideology is to still what is happening in Nigeria today. So anytime we'll be able to get rid of that kind of ideology, Nigeria will progress. And anytime we come to understand that unity is power, irrespective of we are from the north, we are from the south, we are from the east, whatever, you get the, the, the country more definitely strived. We know that human beings are difficult. It gets, we, we always want our own. But now we should always look at beyond our own and look for the progress of entire people the entire country of Nigeria. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the NSAS is um is a gameway which I know that something one day things start from somewhere. It's not the first time, even in Indonesia, yeah, the, uh, the Indonesia government, what what happened? The youth actually made the president to resign and it started one day. Yeah. So the NSAS issue is one day or something that just started in Nigeria that nobody believed that it will start. Yeah, nobody believed that it will start. And people have now said, okay, I'm not scared anymore to die. That I have to protect my interest. I have to make my voice to be heard. Yeah, even if even if the government do not do anything, yeah, yeah, but but we have started. I actually um I agree and recognize this, but, but I, because I know that it will lead somewhere. Maybe in the next two years, in the next five years, in the next 10 years, it's, it's a headway to a change. It's a headway to a change. Uh, yeah. People have started coming out, talking their minds. You know? yeah. So with, uh, that is a, a headway yeah. because uh, we cannot, as a Nigerian, having all resources we have, Having all human uh, 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 endowment, having all human abilities anywhere in the world. If you go to America, if you come to UK, if you go anywhere, we have Nigerians doing good and they are doing good jobs over there. But back home is rubbish. Mm -hmm. If if you tell them to come back home to do, they tell they cannot come back home mm -hmm. because the country they call their country cannot offer them anything. Mm -hmm. You know. So, so the end start thing is a uh, is a headway to a change in Nigeria. Mm. Uh, the way I see it, it's a headway because yeah. um, before the end start thing, um, I I spoke with my friend one day. I think a week before the uh, end start issue started, yeah. I said one day people will for will swallow their fear and come out on the streets of Nigeria and protest because nobody is happy anymore. And mm -hmm. after telling him that, because he was telling me, uh, who's going to do that? If you come out, they will shoot you, they will kill you. I said, don't worry. One day it will happen. Mm 
And after a week, I told him that the NSAS issue started. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's so it's a headway. It's a headway. And um, um, we, we and again, uh, we have to reorientate ourselves. Nigerians have to reorientate ourselves because a lot of things have gone wrong. Mm -hmm. A lot have gone wrong. From the first time they spoiled the 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 civil servant system, the, uh, the for the first time they spoiled the uh, they destroyed the, uh, the the educational system. Everything went wrong. <laughs> yeah, everything went wrong uh, mm -hmm. because because before a country progress, you should understand the powers of civil servant. You should understand the power of, of education. When you kill these two institutions, mm -hmm. yes, you have ruled a country. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think I'll I'll just add on to that to say, okay. um, it's it's quite a a, a um, serene issue if you think about it, because I, I know if you look back at the US, um, there was the um, killing of of George Floyd, and and there was um, widespread riots around around the world. And to condemn um, what happened there in terms of police brutality, and 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 the sacrosity of life, um, mm -hmm. as it were. But if you think, reflect again, in back in Nigeria and other countries, this has happened every single day, right? Mm -hmm. And for me, the bigger question is: if Black Life Matters in the U.S., why does Black Life not matter in, in the country? Mm -hmm. And so. Um, I'm quite surprised um, that you know there's a little bit of a kids glove approach to what is going on just now. It is actually um, a bigger issue with um, how the, some of the areas are being governed at the moment and how things are being implemented. So um, there's 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 you can say there's repression somewhere else in the world, but if you look back within within those countries internally in Africa. There's even more repression um, um, going on, so um, it's, it's a bigger question to to think about and, and to reflect on how um, this changes or changes can be made to to allow um, people to to express their the, the life and and to to reach mm -hmm. their potential and um, God-given potential. But mm -hmm. um, I think that probably maybe there's there's some enlightenment going on just now, and, and people are becoming more aware of. Um, the, the rights, uh, but at the moment we still have a a, a dark dark view as to where um, how important life life is is and and, and people's potential and ability to be able mm -hmm. to reach um, their, their targeted goals. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. So, okay. Do you have something to add to this? Yeah. The thing is, um, I feel okay. Let me start from Uganda. You know, I read on the caption, the praises, you know, from America and China. Well, mm -hmm. Uganda happens to be one of the countries that are heavily indebted to China. You know, mm -hmm. so what they actually, all these praises, you know, I don't see it as, um, I see the situation of uh, modern slavery in Uganda. Mm -hmm. In Uganda, when a, a country is so indebted to another country and the, Chinese, the Chinese investments in Uganda is on the increase, you know, and American interest is there, 
So all this uh, shower of praises to me, you know, because most of the development or the things coming to Uganda that I know, they are not like in form of grants, they are in form of loans, you know? So mm -hmm. I, I, I see, I meet uh, Ugandans, you know, around the world. I don't think, you know, they, they are so happy about their country the as much as you know from the praises that Americans are giving to them. That's mm -hmm. number one, you know. Mm -hmm. And another thing about Nigeria, I think Nigeria problem is a problem of leadership. Mm -hmm. Been on for a very long time, like what the last person said from Amadou Bello and all that. So, and what surprises me about Nigeria is there's a lot of intellects, you know, all around the world, and you know we allow things to get to the point at uh, which it, it is now. Mm -hmm. The answers is a good beginning, like the last person said, but the main focus should be from the leadership because it's very obvious that the president of Nigeria, the uh, you know, current president of Nigeria is not capable. You know, it's not like he's too old, but he's been ill for a while. A president that, you know, you can't see, you know, he can't come out to address the country when there's chaos. Like all this SARS uh, riot now, he has not been able to even address the nation because when a president addresses the nation, there's hope. Like in America, during the Black Lives Matter, you know, President Trump intermittently, you know, comes out openly, takes questions from journalists, then addresses the country, you know, even if, you know, that uh, uh, may, uh, you know, seeing the president gives you confidence that something is going to be done. Well, in the case of Nigeria, you don't even hear from the president. The height you can see is a press release, you know. We don't know where the press release is coming from. You know, we, you know, there's, there's just this problem of rulership. So, but what I think is that with what the youths are doing now, I see some captions, you know, we are tired, the Buhari should resign. I think it's a, it's a leap in the right direction, you know. All what we need to do is to support because the youths are the future of the nation, is to support what they are doing, then use this uh, basis to call on a, maybe a restructure, you know, of the political system that are being used in Nigeria, you know, then we we, we don't have to limit uh, leadership just to the north, to the, the to the northern part of the country. Then other tribes should also partake in the in the politics of the country because it looks like the poly, the, the the politics is just one sided now, you know, for a long time. So if we can use this opportunity to restructure, call for, call for let the demonstration not be on SARS because SARS is just a minute. Because if if you don't, if you want to solve a problem and you don't start from the head, mm. you know, it you won't really get far because it's mm. still the man at the top that that you know is making the policy. He might just say, okay, let's end SARS and start this, and it will still be the same. Thing all over again. So what we need in Nigeria is a change. 
Mm. It's a change. Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah. All right then. I think we're running out of time. Um, I, I for five two seconds. Um, Patrick, um, can you just? Um, I don't know if you have any input to this. If not, that's fine. Um, but again, it's just again. Um, just to summarize what's been said today, right? And also yeah. just tell the viewers about your book and where it can be found. And I think that will be it for tonight. Yeah. Yeah, just, just as a brief summary, there's been a lot of, um, you know, di discussions like this could go on for several hours and it, it, it seems to be a little passage of time. So, you know, it's yeah. always going to be interesting you know, from looking at the history point of view, from um, what we learn in the UK, yeah. to looking at the political issues across yeah. Africa, because what we've got to remember, you know, what's going on in Uganda, what's going on in Nigeria, what's going on in South Africa, you know, all these different African countries, you know, they're all the different people, the different cultures, they have different traditions, yeah. you know, people in Europe, you know, um, all the white nations in Europe, simply because they're all white doesn't mean that they all think and act the same and it's the same with all the african nations you know the fact that they're all black doesn't mean they all think and act the same yeah. so there's a there's a lot you know a lot of countries were left with the legacy of col colonialism you know mm -hmm. what i mean um throughout africa throughout the caribbean where mm -hmm. um you, you've got this what i call the illusion of independence in a lot of cases, because the queen in a lot of cases is still the head of state. Yeah. You know, the attorney general, certain laws can only be enacted through England, certain, you know, decisions can only be made through the Privy Council and so forth. So really it's not independence in its truest form. Yeah. And they were left with, with um, whether it be the French who left behind the Portuguese, who left behind the Dutch, the British, they left behind their systems, which not just left behind their system, but they left a mechanism to, to, to fester divide and rule within these countries. Obviously, it's still up to the black people to change and not take that on. But we've seen in many countries, in Tanzania, in Congo, in Zimbabwe, in South Africa, in Uganda, when these things are attempted, people get assassinated, civil wars break out, they're being fed left, right and centre, where they're being armed. You know, mm -hmm. what African country makes bombs, makes tanks, makes warplanes, but they've all got them. They've all got them because the West feeds this war and, and, and to destabilize it, they create disease and, and, and mayhem in places. So a whole village, you can't be accused of displacing them because they move because of Ebola. And then two weeks later, two months later, suddenly there's a big mining operation starts in the same place and Ebola's eradicated all of a sudden, you know, but all these different things go on. In African people don't see the patterns, you know, and the problem is, is a lot of African leaders are complicit with this, you know what I mean, mm. and they're, they're taking part in this. So, mm. you know, there needs to be a big change in mindset, you know, mm. in, in, a, in a lot of ways, because even with the, the NSARS protests, I don't know too much about it, but the whole, what it stands for, to be challenging mm. corruption and robbery and so forth, but then it's just it's just on a new level of brutality. So you mm. become more corrupt. You become the monster that you're trying to defeat. 
You know what yeah. I mean? There's always a case of when you fight the monsters to make sure that you don't become a monster yourself. Mm -hmm. And and that's always the, the fallacy that people lead into. So mm -hmm. it is it is difficult. It, yeah. It's um, when you, you have bad changes like this, it can happen very quickly, mm -hmm. but it will take a long time to, to turn around. You know yeah. what I mean? So um, that's, that's my basic yeah. summary of that, but people need to change their mindset. And to finish on a lighter note, as mm. you mentioned about the book, I've, I've wrote a children's book. And um, when I was growing up, I never seen black people on the front of a book. So mm. I made my own, you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. it's called The Free Little Jamaican's English Adventure. Mm. And it's, um, it's influenced by my older brothers and sisters because they came to England when they were Free Little Jamaicans. Oh, okay. And um, it's just a little, it's not about them, but they're the influence of the story. I was oh, born in England, but my oldest brother and two sisters came and they were, they're younger than the characters that are in the book when they came, but okay. that, that's what it's about. Okay. And it's the first of um, other adventures that I will eventually write about them. As okay. I say, that's available from Amazon Books and anyone okay. who's in Liverpool from a bookstore called News From Nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, so I will definitely get one. That's fine. I will get one. So, Inesh, do you have any summary before I move to? Yeah, um, like I was saying for the Black history, like I said, um, like Tupac said it himself, rest in peace. He said, um, like how people say, uh, some say the blacker the berry, the sweeter juice, but I say the darker the flesh, the deeper the roots. So the yeah. more you dig the more you find blackness and yeah. those type about independence every everything that's going on in Jama in, in not in jamaica nigeria we are going yeah. through as well in congo where yeah. children are being molested young young old elderly yeah. are being just abused physically mentally and and also about the independence, I don't believe there's no, I don't believe in independence, like, you know, how we say Africa, some African countries say, oh, happy independence days, because if we're independent, our free, our, we will, the slave mind that we have, we will leave yeah. that. So we don't yeah. have any independence. They're just, you know, like one person said that they're taking advantage from our gold, yeah. from our resources. So there's no independence. I don't believe in that. I don't celebrate in that. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, thank you, Nish. Lucy, do you have a final note before we close up? Mike? Yeah, um, <clears throat> just um, like everyone said, this just is if, like Patrick mentioned, if we start, if we want to carry on this, this conversation, it would be never ending. There's far too many facets to it and yeah. a lot of things to touch. And, and um, like also, I uh, backing what Ines said because um, my father was from the DRC, and uh, there is it's the richest country in the world in terms of um, resources. And I only found out recently as well, it's got 52% of the waterways in Africa. So that alone is an asset for transportation. And every mobile phone in the world has the um, mineral from Congo, as in if we needed to keep the mobile phones from overheating. So basically, that's why it was. there's always mayhem and it wouldn't let any peace in that country. That's why Ebola keeps coming and going. And like Patrick said, merely Ebola takes a, a village and the people move. All of a sudden, mining starts in the area. 
and is, is when are we going to learn when are we going to learn we need to change the mindset and unfortunately the leadership is not going to be we we need to hopefully wait for the next generation and maybe just maybe as they've shown in nigeria the sars maybe it would spread to other african countries mm -hmm. and there'll be hope and there would be some way to get the people to start to fight for themselves and not be blinded by greed um i'll give an example a friend of mine who's a professor in african studies um, was saying that they found that that um i don't know if you're aware cap Verde in africa they when they realized that they had oil and the population in, in in that area is less than a million people or just about a million america offered to give all of them american citizenship so that they leave the country so that they can actually go and mine their their oil and their resources and it's ridiculous how even some people considered it and so and they had to go and tell them look what is this you know you cannot sign the papers but there were actually some people that were willing to do that to forfeit mm. their land so that they can, mm. you know, go and be so-called American citizens, and and mm. then the, all their resources goes to another country. But when when is yeah. that going to change? I don't know. I know. I know. I know. And um, so we have to end it up for tonight, and we can carry us some other time. Thank you, Patrick, for taking our time. Thank you, Kay. Thank you, Lucy. Thank you, Nesh. And text. Thank you. Uh, you'll be invited again as the guest speaker, one of these episodes. Anthony, thank you very much. Thank you so much for taking our time to join. Um, I would let you know of the next episode. I will be sending out the podcast uh, of tonight's uh, talk, and I'll send you email as well. In the meantime, have a nice evening and be safe. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Thank you to have a nice night. Thank you. Thank you for the platform. Bye. 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 Bye.